This episode of For the Love with Jen Hatmaker is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. They can be big, difficult, even scary life things, and also small inconveniences that add up day after day. The thing is, when we keep them all bottled up on the inside and just try to grin and bear it, it can start to affect us and the people around us negatively. We may even isolate ourselves, which makes it even worse. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. This was the case for me when I was at the highest stress level in my life, where the stress was even having physical consequences for me. Therapy was a huge part of my healing journey to learn how to manage the stress. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the love today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash for the love. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hi, everybody. My name is Remy. Welcome to the For the Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. It is Jen Hatmaker, your host on the For the Love podcast. Super glad that you are here today. We are in a really fun series called For the Love of Summer. And we're dipping into all kinds of ideas, all sorts of summer things. My guest today is Rachel Macy Stafford. A lot of you already know her and love her and follow her. Um, Rachel is a mom. She's a wife. She's a writer and a teacher and encourager. Um, She's a New York Times bestselling author of three books, Hands-Free Mama, Hands-Free Life, and her latest, which is called Only Love Today. So Rachel started her career as a special ed teacher. She has a master's in education. And so after doing that amazing work for 10 years in 2010, and we'll talk all about this, um, Rachel felt compelled to start the Hands-Free Mama blog. And she's going to tell you what that means and why. Um, But at Hands-Free Mama, she sort of documents her journey to let go of all these like daily distractions so she can kind of focus on what matters most, which is being very fully present in the lives of her husband and her two daughters who are 14 and 11 now. So it's interesting why she felt compelled to start the blog. Honestly, it's for the most relatable reason imaginable, and it may feel super close to home to you. I know it does to me. And it's this, her planner was stuffed, 
Her phone buzzed every two seconds with notifications. Her to-do list was a mile long and the pressure to be this perfect mom and wife and career woman and volunteer was suffocating, right? Like, does that sound so incredibly familiar? So she had this tunnel vision for achieving all the things and she just kind of realized I am missing life. I'm missing the beautiful sights and sounds of ordinary life and connection with my family and my kids, my husband. And so um, she was telling herself she would slow down someday when she realized someday is nowhere to live your life. That is a terrible location for your actual life. So she decided to do something about it. She started living hands-free and we are going to talk all about this. And here's also why I wanted to talk to Rachel in this series, you guys. She is the perfect person to show us literally how to carpe diem our summers. I'm serious. She's like the patron saint of slowing down and capturing and creating beautiful moments. And honestly, summer is the perfect time to do this. Um, so when our jacked up routines are throwing us off and the kids are home and running amok, and we just need some tips on how to sort of cull the chaos and kind of even jump in feet first, Rachel is an amazing guide. So you're going to love this conversation. It is like, it's going to hit you right in the feels. It's kind of right where so many of us live. And also it's super practical. It's super doable. It is guilt-free. It is shame-free and you're going to love it. So you guys help me welcome to the show, Rachel Macy Stafford. Rachel, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you on today. Hi, Jen. I've been just so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I know that probably a lot of my listeners already know who you are and follow you, um, but I'm I'm already excited for the ones who are going to be new to you today because they are going to be, I think, excited and energized and relieved even. I, when I read your work, I get a deep sense of relief and we'll get into all that, but um, you're just the perfect person to have on our For the Love of Summer series. Um, I, I've already told our audience a little bit about you and, and hands-free revolution. So before we get into all these awesome summary things and ideas, I wonder if you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about hands-free revolution and what living hands-free means to you. Um, and then if you could even take us back to what you called the breakdown breakthrough moment that sure. led to this whole big, huge idea. Yes, I would love to. Thank you, Jen. Um, so, it was about seven years ago um, that I came to this very painful um, truth in my life. And you know how God kind of whispers to you that there's a problem and you kind totally. of just want to keep <laughs> keep ignoring it and just yep. doing what you want to do. And so um, basically... Um, my husband, you know, God, God speaks through, through our loved ones as well. And sometimes we don't want to hear what they say either. And, and my husband, Scott had been telling me, you know, he, he saw a lot of warning signs with mm. the way that I was living. And, um, it was actually, you know, we were going on vacation and, you know, you would think, okay, we're, we're getting ready to have fun. And, you know, but, but that morning was stressful and I was, you know, directing people, yelling orders. I was critical. Totally. I was upset. You, you know, you know how that goes. I really um, do. <laughs> so we're pulling out of the driveway and he turns to me and really looks like somebody just died or something. I was like, gosh, mm. what in the world is he going to say to me? And he says, you're never happy anymore. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And 
for someone who usually is pretty good at like coming back with a defense and, you know, I can justify Mm. this. And I was speechless because I was like, he's right. You know, Mm. I, I have lost my joy. And what made it worse is I turned to the back seat to see if my girls had heard, you know, Mm. this terrible truth come out of my husband's mouth. And I look back and Natalie, who was around six or seven at the time, Mm. was picking her lip furiously, like to the point Mm. that it was bleeding. And I thought, oh my gosh, her face is a direct reflection of my face. And, Mm. and I, you know, in this, in this quest to do it all and manage it well and have this smile on my face and yeah, everything's great. And I can do all these things. Mm. I was slowly dying inside and my daughter, I, you know, I'm, I'm just feeding that into her. And cause you know, kids, they, they think mommy's mad at me. I've right. done, I've done something. And I ended up storming in the house, locking myself in the bathroom, squeezing myself between the wall and the toilet and just mm. crying because I thought, is this how it's going to be, you know, I was just so stressed all the time. And it was not until, you know, that was a seed that was planted. And, and it was a few weeks later, I was out on a run. And this question that I had always thought was like a big source of pride for me, um, was actually like, Oh, okay. Maybe this is not such a a good thing. And it was, how do you do it all, Rachel? You know, people always asking me that. And I thought, you know what? what is the truthful answer to that? And the truth was I can do it all because I miss out on life. Mm. I miss out on what truly matters and what I'm missing. I can't get back. And I bent down and I cried, not, not just tears of sadness for what I've missed, but tears of relief because I thought, okay, I'm ready Mm. to face this. And I pray because Lord knows I could not (laughs) fix this by myself. I knew I was so distracted. I was so maxed out. I was had all these people depending on me and I'm a people pleaser. So I thought, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but Mm. God knows. And I'm going to, I'm going to surrender and I'm going to let him lead me. And it was that day I was, making a lunch, you know, you know, when you have the laptop open, the phone's buzzing, you're going through all the things you have to do. And I saw Avery, my four-year-old sitting on the couch watching Lion King. And, and that little voice inside me said, you know what? There is nothing more important than being with her right now. Mm. And I put that knife on the top of the jar. I didn't look at the, the agenda, the clock. I, I, I said, okay, this is what you prayed about, Rachel. You are looking hmm. for that step. And lo and behold, I sat next to her. She pulled up to me like a magnet, like, you know, like this is, this is what I need right now. My mom is here. Right. She picked up my hand and she kissed my palm. Hmm. And in that moment I thought, okay, God, I hear you. This is my confirmation be hands-free. Stop 
trying to juggle all the things and, and grasp all these things that really don't matter in the end and start to be hands free. Mm. Um, I love that. And, uh, one of the things that I super love about your message and kind of your posture here is that you're, you don't guilt moms into this. Cause I know right now that there are tons of us listening going, or we're just like, it's pinging us like, Oh, this is, I, I mean, had, we've all had a million moments like that where we're just listening with one ear, not making eye contact, doing 10 other things at once. I mean, this is so familiar. And so I, I love that you don't, shame is not one of your tools. In, in Hands-Free Mama, uh, you talk about, this is what you say, and I think this sentence is really powerful. You said, understanding that you have a choice is vitally important to a hands-free life. I think that's really important. Like To me, that's right at the ground level of sort of understanding this way to live, because frankly, my suspicion is that with a ton of us who we work and we, you know, we, we actually do have a ton of responsibilities and, and there's a life demands plenty of us that I think a lot of us feel like we don't have a choice that all this is kind of happening to us. Right. And we're just sort of victim of circumstances or there's nothing we can do about it. And I love how you just in a really simple way say you actually do have a bit of a choice here. And so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how, how we can choose how do we choose mm-hmm, to live mm-hmm. a hands-free life in the midst of real life? Like, let's just assume yes. that nobody listening has 12 sp- spare hours a day to be hands-free, right? Like, <laughs> but how does this, how do we yes. choose to live like this in the middle of real life? Yes. Well, so for me, you know, that awareness that, that I have a choice, um, that's everything. Okay. So uh, once you become aware, once your eyes become open to the fact that there are little pockets throughout the day that you can choose to be fully present, that's a game changer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for instance, when they come down, you know, in the morning and they sit yeah. down for breakfast, there is no reason why you have to keep moving you can stop for 20 seconds, put your arms around that baby of yours, How, no matter how big your baby is, look them in the eyes and say, I'm so happy to see you this morning. How was you, mm. How did you sleep? You know, just stopping and looking and letting them know you matter. It is it can change the complete environment of that morning of that, that day as that child goes out into the world and that will cost you 20 seconds. Mm. And we all have 20 seconds. And let me tell you, I'm seven years into this journey and I am a total work in progress, but I am seeing all day long, these millions of little choices. Do I choose productivity, efficiency, uh, perfection, or do I choose connection, love, acceptance? And when I choose and it's becoming easier and easier for me, it's like the tension, the stress, it falls away. And not just for me, but my girls are going into their teenage years and man, I'm so thankful 
that I have this default choice that it does, it breaks down barriers. It breaks down that wall that they think I've got to be so tough or I got to have this attitude and I got to, I got to be this certain way. And I can't show that I need this love right now. But then when you show up and say, guess what? I'm here and I'm going to stay calm and, and I'm not going anywhere. Okay, man, that, that is, life-changing and it Mm. all starts with that little choice that awareness that you have the power to choose so let me ask you this like by the letter of the law by the very definition of the word pragmatically do you in your family do you have a dedicated time Mm -hmm. when everybody is completely hands-free like no devices no screens um if so what what does that look like for your family has that been something that has evolved through the years do you have technology rules for your girls and for you and for your husband Mm -hmm. yes that has definitely evolved and we had like hands-free Saturdays where we would Mm. go places to farmers markets. We'd go hiking. We would do, we would purposely plan things as a family and no devices. And so we, we would have these set times. Bedtime is a huge, like that's probably the most important hands-free time that I have in my life with my daughters who, who still to this day, age 14, Mom, mm-hmm. can we have talk time? Talk time yeah. um, is, is such an important bonding time for us. But as my children have grown, because, you know, I started out doing this for me because I was missing life. I mm. had no idea that I would be teaching them how to not miss life. But right. what's happening is Natalie is the one that has a phone. She's 14. And it's interesting because she knows what it feels like when she goes with friends that do not put their phone down. She comes back and says, it was really hard to be with the person because, you know, Natalie, Natalie sees the the distinction between technology as a tool and as a Mm. barrier. And when your children can see it as a tool, they begin to use it at the appropriate times. I must tell you that when, as I'm, as I'm getting more and more research about, you know, the teens and technology, and it is really, really concerning to me about their mental health and how it is affecting Mm -hmm. them. One of the things that I continue to read is if you can only do one thing that is get the phones out of their room at night. And honestly, Jen, I am a big advocate for talking to our kids about what happens to our brains when we yeah. are on our devices. And um, it, the people in Silicon Valley are, they're being vocal about this mm. is dangerous. Exactly. The, those, those companies, they want you to be on there as long as possible. And you're feeding into that. And so I talk to my, my daughters. Um, I'll, I'll talk to Avery when she gets her phone more. But for Natalie, it's like I, I'm empowering her with knowledge about this is what's happening. Okay. And when you're trying to even clean your room and you can't because you keep getting stopped by your notifications. Just think about what you're doing to your life 
what what other opportunities are you missing out on to do something fulfilling when you're constantly getting interrupted and then you check your phone and you're checked out for 10 minutes to an hour you know it's like wow mom i didn't think about that i didn't mm-hmm. think about what i could be doing with my time that's so great. We do something similar in our house. I and mean, we have, it's just raining teens in our house. You know, we've got five kids yeah. and all, all of them are teens. Um, and so mm-hmm. we've got one 12 year old, she's almost there. So we also, they, because they use their, they use their phones as their alarm clock and uh, yes. two of them listen to music when they go to bed. But we, we have a whole system where we're in charge of, um, internet and data. So we turn all their stuff off. So same idea, like, um, their phones basically just become, um, alarm clocks at a certain time at night. And like my kids just, you just would have thought it was the worst thing we'd ever done to them. Like it was torture. And I, we, Brian and I laughed so hard because our kids were telling us nobody else's parents are like this. I mean, it was a lot of drama. Like, <laughs> no, all my friends don't have to do this. And you guys just overreact. I mean, so I'm just saying that when we also said, this is not good for your brain, for your sleep, yeah. for your health, for yeah. your mind, for your relationships. So we're just going to go ahead and shut it all down for you at a predetermined time. <laughs> it was like, anarchy for a minute. But having said that, like anybody listening, you're, you can be prepared for that reaction maybe. And it's still the right thing to do. And we, we saw the effects of it in our kids pretty quickly. Um, pretty quickly. In fact, some of them ended up staying with us more, um, kind of in the living room at night instead of retreating to their rooms where they're just going to be on their phones. Um, and they were sleeping more. So that's not a small thing. You know, there's a lot of research too about, um, the detriment that our kids generation, um, is suffering due to lack of sleep, that they're just up longer. And so I'm completely on board with what you're saying. And, and I'm, if I wish my kids were on this podcast, cause they would laugh so hard. I'm also the, we are eating together. Everybody hand me your phone. Like this is ridiculous. We're not going to be that family right. where seven of us are around a table looking at seven different phones. That is absurd. Like yeah. it actually feels like some sort of weird future movie that <laughs> the, if we would have seen this 20 years ago, yeah. we would not even understand what was happening. Like what has happened to the world? Nobody knows how to speak to anybody anymore. It's the weirdest thing. I love everything you're saying. All right, guys, quick break to tell you about something I'm super excited about. So listen, if you're feeling like you spend too much, eat too much, own too much, waste too much, you might want to check out the seven experiment video series and books I developed and take the seven week challenge against excess that literally changed our family's lives permanently. And hey, if you'll use the code podcast at checkout, you'll get $10 off any package. And if you already have the book, and some of you do, we have a package for you too, and the code still counts. You can find out more about all of this at the7experiment.com. I want to talk about summer. Let's, because you you mentioned summer and so much of what you're having to say, summer is a wonderful time for this. So I heard that summer is your favorite time of year. So I would love to, I'd love for you to tell me why, like, what did you love about summer when you were a kid? Because our childhood is different. Mm -hmm. How old are you? So I'm four. I always have to ask my daughter, how old am I? Because I forget. 
Um, I'm 46. Yeah. So you and I are about the same. I'm, I'll be 44 yes. this summer. And so, um, our childhood, I wonder if our, um, summers in childhood are different than our kids. But anyway, I would just love for, to hear, first of all, why do you love summer? Why did you love it then? Why do you love it now? Well, so <clears throat> I, when I think about summer, when I was a girl, like I remember <laughs> mowing the grass in my tree torns. Did you have tree torns? Sure. Yes. Oh my oh. gosh. <laughs> oh my and gosh, they, I haven't thought about that in years. I know. They would turn green and it was like I would have my Walkman on listening to, you know, the radio. And uh-huh. I don't I, so I get fulfilled by um nature. So out okay. being outside is like that's my God time. That's yep. my therapy. I have to be outside every day for at least a brief period of time. So I think that I love summer. I grew up in Indiana. Um, I think I love summer because I was outside a lot. And so I remember like mowing the grass, um, doing, making up like dance routines with my best friend, you know, outside and going to the pool with my sister. And it was like, just, I loved not having to be on a schedule. And I had this blog post that I wrote. It's one of my most viral blog posts. It was how to have a hands-free summer. And um, that's when I was just getting into this author life. You know, I'd been a teacher before and, you know, I was like, wow, I I had really looked forward to summer because it was so great for me before when I was a teacher, but now I'm working from home and this has challenges that I wasn't expecting. And so it was really great because right when I was grappling with how do I have this meaningful summer and also do what I need to do. I ran across this beautiful list. Um, it was an author or it was a teacher. Her name was Erin Kurt. And for 16 years, she asked the same questions to her students. That was, what are the top 10 things you want from your parents? Basically, what do you want from your parents? And that, seeing what was on that list. Oh my goodness. My, I I cried when I read it. Oh my gosh. It's like, um, come to my room at night and tuck me in. Tell me stories about when you were little. Um, give me hugs and kisses. Spend one-on-one time with me. Um, talk about what we're going to do on the weekend. Let me play outside. Cuddle, cuddle with me under the blanket. I mean, it's so easy. These are the things our kids want us to do. And these are the things that we can do. Exactly. We can do this, whether, you know, what, no matter what our job is, whether we work from home or out of the home, whether we have seven kids or one kid, you know, we can do these things. And so that, that list came to me and I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to think about what kind of summer I want to have. And basically I ended up writing this contract. And when I say contract, like you you think it's like all formal and stuff, but literally it was in a pencil, you know, scratched on a piece of paper, but I was like, I mean, and this was before bucket lists were popular. And so I think it was probably a lot like a bucket list. Like, you know, I want to do more dinners on the porch. I want to do, um, more 
unconventional forms of exercise. Like I don't have to get my, uh-huh. you know, X amount of miles in on, on the treadmill. I can do this with the girls. I, I want to have, you know, less baking perfection and more like helping hands. And, and, and I want to do less Netflix and more like watching the storms roll in and then even smaller down at the bottom. Cause then I was getting like really excited about this. And I was like, you know, I'm going to need some things from them. Like this doesn't have yeah. to be all on me, you know? And it right. was like, okay. So in order to do these fun things and to have these, um, you know, these freedoms and, and, and cooperations with each other, I need you to do these things. Like when I ask you to, um, you know, pick up your dishes, pick them up. You know, when right. I ask you to do something, follow through, you know, and we, we started um, making little lists for them too, because I found that I don't want to be nagging at them about, okay, these are the things you need to get done yeah. every summer morning. Um, you know, and this is before you get on your device. It's very important that our kids know we can't do the things that we love to do and enjoy doing until we get our responsibilities done. So I just think yeah. it's really a lot of cooperation and, and um, expectation and, and communication. I like that. I think I, I remember um, when I would start pulling into like pre-summer mm-hmm. and I would start to get anxious. Right. Like, ah, oh, there's just so many hours in the freaking day. And exactly. so all of our structure is gone. Like our, our, all of our structural elements of school and sports and clubs. Yes. And, and I, I remember just, I remember this growing, I, 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 at the risk of sounding dramatic, which is not a deterrent for me at all. Um, <laughs> I remember feeling a little panicked about it. But what I like about what you're saying is this, I, so often we end up letting the tail wag the dog here. Like all of a sudden it's late July or it's, it's late June or early July. And we're like, ah, this is all just slipping away from me. And it's just a chaotic mess. And it's just like Lord of the flies up in here. But the thing is, I think what you're saying, which is so wise is with not even a lot, just with a, a decent amount of um, intentional planning on the front end, which yes, isn't even a lot. Exactly. Let's sit down, let's yes. make lists, let's make yes. goals. Let's put this in yes. sort of a loose schedule. Boom. Sure. You've, you've put the structure into yes. your day that now like runs on its own momentum exactly. and it's not all on you either. And that. to that mm-hmm. end, I, I think there is sometimes, yes, like a lot of pressure put on families, specifically moms, um, to just jam this impossible right. schedule of events into summer, yes. which it is not only exhausting yeah. physically, but some it's financially impossible right. too. I mean, who can just do fun, expensive things every day of the week? And exactly. um, so I wonder like dialing into your kind of your stage in life where you are right now with your girls at their ages, mm-hmm. um, what are some of the s- simple and memorable and affordable moments mm-hmm. that you have sort of worked into your summer schedule with the girls and, and what are some of the things that maybe this year, last the year before or so that they really, really loved and maybe a few things that didn't work as well. Okay. So this is, this was something that required a lot of, um, control surrendering for me, um, that has turned out to be an incredible gift in the summers. Um, and it's, it's not so much that I'm involved in, but what it's doing for their life is incredible. And so 
when Natalie was seven, she asked me if she could host a summer camp for little kids kids in our neighborhood. And so I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I'll have to do all the planning. It's going to be a mess. You know, all the, all the cons. And I told her no. So the next summer came along and I was trying, this is starting my hands-free journey. And she said, Uh I, I want to have a summer camp mom at at the house. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she's not going to let this go. You know? um, So I was like, okay. And just like what you said, I, we sat down I said, Uh all right, I'm going to let you do this. But listen, I'm not going to plan these lessons for you. Here's all my teaching supplies that I don't use anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, and lo and behold, that child, she organized like a little book corner with reading. Like she organized books by reading level. She created lesson (laughs) plans. She made a behavior system. She was eight years old. And and I was cracking me up because I, I sent the email out that Natalie was like, can you ask your friends? And and we had this like outpouring of when can I drop my child? Of course you did. (laughs) So it's like, my friends were all like, this is awesome. How many weeks can Natalie do this? You know? So it was so amazing because here she is, this little thing teaching. And her sister, of course, was in the class, the the four-year-old. And sure. Avery's raising her hand, you know, and I'm dying because I'm peeking around the corner. And I thought, you know, wow. So I'm, I might have taken this opportunity away from her had I kept in mind, you know, my agenda, what, what I foresee as a good summer, you know, like it doesn't, you know, I, I just want to stress that it doesn't have to be our idea, you know, Hmm. to, to put that into their hands. And so every summer for the past, like she's 14 now, there was only one summer when we moved and we didn't know anyone. So I was like, they're probably not going to drop their kids off at our house. So we had to skip a year, but she just did the most amazing um, camp. She did a secret agent camp last week. She And she's 14, mm. going on 15. She had 10 kids, ages okay. first through fifth. They are all in there so actively engaged. She's playing these amazing, like, top secret mysteries that you have to break. And so she's, she did that in the morning. And then Avery, who's my musician, she did a little music camp in the afternoon. Oh and my gosh. okay, so Natalie made over a thousand dollars. Avery no made way. Avery made three hundred, and they both just had this such joy in planning uh-huh. it, executing it, getting the feedback from the kids. You know, so so our summers like normally Natalie does about four of those, but this summer okay. we have oh wow, yeah, she does four, so she makes a boatload. I mean, Jen, yeah, did she baby, does. Like, did you babysit like in the summer? Like, how long would it take you to make a thousand dollars? Like, I like a hundred years. So she's like figured out a way to maximize. You know, but yeah. I mean, so so like. So this, the, this is one of our highlights of the summer is they do, mm, I love that. Know, Natalie has been doing it now. Avery's just getting into it, but I think summer camps, them hosting will be part of our summers. <coughs> and it's a gift, you know, for me, because I am able to do what I need to do when they're doing mm. that. But, um, but we, in the summers, so we live in a big city and there are many 
cultural and um, things to do in nature, nature. And I will try once a week to let's, let's sit down, let's kind of go through what, what's fun to do in our city and, and they'll pick something. And the other thing that they, we also love to do in the summer that we don't have as much time in the school year is we all love to cook and bake. So we, we do a lot of meals together or they love to surprise me and they'll cook something. Um, but, but just in the planning, you know, I'll take them to the store, you know, those are opportunities that we can be together and we can have that alone time in the car. Um, the other thing Mm -hmm. that we absolutely love to, to do, we do year round, but we really, um, kick it up in the summer is we um, volunteer at a homeless cat shelter. And so nice. we, we, we the both girls, they used to both go with me, but over time it's kind of been like now one goes at a time and it's really a beautiful okay. thing because then again, I've got this completely alone time with them. We're doing something that, you know, is, is good for the animals, but also, you know, there's really lonely people that come in and it's like, I feel like, I feel like we're kind of giving them a gift. They come in, they want to talk Mm -hmm. about a cat that they lost or whatever. And it's like, um, you know, we're, we're doing an act of service, but we're not, we don't have to go out of the country. We don't have to pay a lot of money. You know, this was something that we stumbled onto because we were like stalking the cats at the pet smart and the lady's like, wow, you come here a lot, you know? And then Avery is obsessed with old people. She loves, Mm. she loves old people. And she was like, I want to adopt a grandma because we don't have grandparents here. So we started going to the retirement home and she befriended this sweet, sweet lady. And, and unfortunately she passed away this December, Mm. but she, that woman just touched our life and it, and it makes Avery so happy to go there and play her guitar. And, and yes, this is not always convenient for me. Okay. So let's, let's just talk about the fact that, that, that our kids are going to want to do things with us. Once Mm -hmm. we find out what they want to do, they're going to need us to sometimes take them there. That's good. That's so good. They'll never forget that. Just never. These will be the stories that they're telling their kids when they're older. And it's just so meaningful. And I appreciate you saying that let's just say it up front and put it on the table. This isn't all convenient. So it's not a matter of engineering your summer so that they are completely on their own, independent of us doing their own thing. Sometimes yes. And sometimes no. Um, And so I think even just setting our expectations correctly that there, this is just how it is for those of us who have kids who are in like regular school hours during the year and home during the summer. It's just a, this is a different little short season of the year in which we have to also toggle our hours and our expectations and our availability. And there's something uh, like relieving to me about just saying that out loud. So I'm not trying to figure out how to get my same eight hour work day that I get when they're in school. That's just, I just can't, there's, there's, it's too long and there's too many of them. And so, um, I, I, there is something really empowering about saying, all right. So instead I'm for me personally, I'm going to dial in tight on work until 
1030 in the morning. Right. And that means probably for me getting up earlier. Yes. Of course, I have teenagers. No problem. They're in bed. Um, <laughs> piece of cake. Yes. Mornings, I still have to myself. Um, and so anyway, that's so useful. Let me ask you this. Um, by the way, everybody, uh, we're going to have all these links over on the transcript on my website at jenhammaker.com because the, the hands-free summer contract is amazing and I love it. And so we'll link to that whole blog, which is just gold. And to me that I loved that. I love that specific blog because it was such a relief to read what our kids really want. And as, as it turns out, it isn't an all expense trip. Uh, all expense paid trip to Disneyland. That's yes, not it. Exactly. It's, it's within our reach. So um, obviously being responsible for somebody's childhood is a big deal. Um, yeah. And when we're just human people, we're just human women. Um, so we can't fulfill our children's every single wish for the summer is my guess. I mean, my kids are, have no problem putting some absurd, outrageous wishes into the pool and like hoping for the best, but we're not wizards. Um, and so because we can't always meet all their expectations, which in a lot of cases are inflated, um, there's, there is the potential for summer guilt. Let's, I mean, I have just suffered through this so many different summers and so pretty quickly if we let it actually. And so Mm -hmm. I wonder how you coach, how do you coach others? How do you coach yourself? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to let go of this, honestly, I, I find it invented and self-inflicted guilt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. associated with um, this idea, this perception that our kids didn't get to do all the things during their right. summer or that some of it was boring or some yeah. of it was not every moment was magic, right? Not every single moment was this deeply connected, like Pinterest worthy parenting moment. You know, how do you, how would you coach us through the real life issues here mm-hmm. um, of, of having a lot of responsibilities and this being just one of them? Yes. So um, I had a pretty um, profound experience happen um, because I, you know, I had those couple of years where I was so distracted, so disconnected. Um, and once I realized, you know, it's pretty painful when you kind of wake up and go, wow, I pretty much missed Avery's, you know, ages two and three. Like that, mm-hmm. that was, that was a hard one to swallow. And it makes me get choked up just thinking about it. And, and I lived with, with guilt, you know, for a couple of years, mm. once I really realized what I missed and couldn't get back. And, you know, one day, um, I, I was going to get something out of the pantry and I just like was, was talking bad to myself. Like, you know, mm. you should have done this and you, you know, guilt right. was consuming me. And, um, I told the girls I need a minute and I went to my bedroom and I sat down and I cried for all that I had missed and all that guilt that I was feeling. And, you know, God just sat with me and said, you know, you were doing the best that you could at the time. And now that you know better, you're doing better and today matters more than yesterday. That's what God. Put oh, in my that's heart. great. And it's interesting because I have apologized to my girls because I can remember some really hard moments where I, mm. I just, I didn't act like the person I wanted to be. And 
Yeah. And I, I realized that, you know what, that happened five years ago. And I remember yeah. that I can still say I'm sorry for that. And chances mm-hmm. are they might remember too. Okay. And sometimes mm-hmm. they, they didn't remember, but I do remember that one time a there was this moment that I, I had lost it right before we were going into church. You know how church can be stressful. Like, I sure do get there. And, and, um, we sat down and we were new to the area. So I was feeling very vulnerable and, and Scott was out of town and I was just feeling like the worst mother. And Avery had laid her head on my lap in church that day. And I was listening to the sermon and I was, tears were coming down my face and I was feeling like I was failing. And a few, like it was probably like a year ago, I told her, you know, she was like, I really miss our church in Birmingham. And mm. and I, I said, yeah, I do too, Avery. And she said, I remember that you didn't make me go to childcare and you, you let mm. me put your head on my lap. And mm. I would look up at the beams and I thought about all the ways you loved me and lifted me up. Oh, that's so sweet. And I was like, you know, um, it was so profound to say, here I was in that moment, feeling uh-huh. like I was failing, and she was looking at me like, I love my mom, and my mom is there That's for me. Good. So it's like, you can you can feel like you're failing and still be loved. Okay, remember that. That is so good. Remember that. When you are in the middle of your hard summer, when you're trying to balance all these things, and you think everybody's having so much fun, and you feel like a complete failure, guess what? you can still be loved. That's so true. I, the way I've put it to my readers before is that my goal is to be somewhere between 80, 20 or 70, 30 on success rate. Like if I'm, if I'm hitting 75%, that's pretty dang good. Like if 25% of me is like mediocre or I mess it up or I don't nail it or I overreact or I overreach. Well, heck, that's still pretty good childhood. Absolutely. I mean, my, I know my, my mom did not over ring all this out when she was a mom and yes. we were kids. Yes. Um, and I, I grew up feeling incredibly loved. Mm-hmm. And now when we can go backwards and tell stories about like my mom's own personal mom fails, some of them <laughs> though, which I didn't even know, yeah. I didn't even perceive right. them. Um, or, or we'll tell her, mom, this is what we were doing when you had no idea where we were. <laughs> we just die laughing. And you know what? It all worked out. Yes. It just all worked out. Yes. Like this idea of perf- of a perfect childhood yeah. and being a perfect mom is so bad for us. Yeah. It's so destructive and it's not true. And so yes. I love that, that, that I like this message, um, that we can be getting it mostly right. And that's enough. Yeah. Like that is yeah. enough to feel loved. Yeah. And, um, and that's what our kids will remember. It is, it's mm-hmm. what they're going to take out of childhood. Um, which is, which is how we made them feel. And, and how great for um, them to be able to watch us, you know, fail, mess up and, you know, get back up and try again and say, Hey, totally. I messed up. I'm sorry. Like, man, yep. give give show them how to do that. Like, I love, I love people that can take ownership for their mistakes. And when, you know, when, when I hear my teenager do that, I'm like, gosh, I love that. And, and I want to be that person, you know? 
Yeah, I know it. It's there's something very, very powerful about telling our kids we're sorry yes. when we blow it. Yes. Um, really powerful. And it, it almost, whatever broke there is almost stronger than before. Um, because yes. not only do our kids get to watch us um, correct a mistake, um, but this sense uh, they get to offer forgiveness, which for them is something wow. really powerful to learn how to right. give. Um, and so I am, I am with you. Listen, I'm the first in line to be like, Hey guys, mom absolutely lost her crap. And I want to say that I'm sorry. And Mm -hmm. I am sorry that I went into like maniac mode. All right. So listen, (laughs) let me wrap this up with you. These are questions that we're asking all of our guests in the, uh, for the love of summer series. And this is just like, whatever comes to mind, you can just take it right off. Um, quick summer favorites quiz. So for you, Mm -hmm. um, and this can be adult or it can be Shirley Temple version. But what's your favorite summer drink? Um, that has to be the mojito. Mm, any, so any good kind of mojito. I'll tr- if they have like a like an exotic kind, I'll try it. I'm w- I'm willing to try oh, yeah. any kind. <laughs> yes. Do you ever make your own? No. Uh, it's, Me neither. I'm I'm intimidated no. by it, but they're so delicious. Okay. How about this favorite summer clothing item? Well, if, if anybody's read my stuff, they know that I'm the biggest lover of hats and I wear uh-huh. a hat like it's permanently attached to my head in the summer. Yes. Um, so it's all about the hat. Uh-huh. What kind of hat do you like? Um, so I, I have a problem when I go into Target, I go right to the hat uh-huh. section. They yep. have really cute, like, like I can be dressy and have a cute hat on. Uh-huh. Like that's yeah, like a floppy, yes, like a yes. floppy summer hat. No, so cute. No, no hair washing required, which is so no. perfect. But I'm I'm partial to the ball cap. Like I I just love oh yeah, me ball, too. A good ball cap, you know. Oh, I probably have thirty. <laughs> um, same. Okay, how about this? And this could be literally okay. anywhere. F- favorite summer location. Um. So I. I, when you talked about childhood summer, my mom would let my sister and I go to my aunt's in, um, in Northern Indiana in the summer. And I think my favorite place in summer would have to be my aunt's porch. She had this beautiful farm porch, nothing fancy, tons of acres. And I'm an introvert. So it was like, there was no people around. And it was like, so I was, like I said, I love nature. I was at peace. The the breeze was Mm -hmm. blowing that if I could be there right now, that's where I would be. Oh, that's so dreamy. I, if you know anything about me, I'm a porch person. So you are like singing my song (laughs) sister. Uh, Okay. Last question. And this is kind of a twist on our favorite Barbara Brown Taylor question. What is saving your life this summer? Okay. Um, so I know you love Gilmore, Gilmore girls, right? I do. Okay. I'm on my second round so through with my daughter. I don't daughter. know how you feel about this, but. Okay. So right now saving my life this summer is my daughter is finally to the age where we can watch Felicity. Yep. And I love. <gasps> oh my gosh. Felicity. Do you remember that? Felicity. Do I ever. <laughs> like. This is a good use of your we, summer hours we, with your kiddo. We, we like my husband goes to bed early. Natalie and I are late owls. So we get our Felicity going and we, Cute. I mean, it's so, it's like talking about the things that she's worried about, but it's, it's not in the way that it is now where it's like, you have to hide true. your eyes and hold your ears for everything, you know, That's true. And we can talk about things like it's like. I literally have been waiting 10 years for this moment. Like when can we watch Felicity <laughs> together? You know, so that's so like that my true. goal is to get through like all the seasons this summer. 
Oh my gosh, this is such a good goal. Like I am right now, I'm starting my to scheme. Yes. Like, you know what? I need to watch something Sydney before she goes there to college go. in the yes. fall. Yes. Um, that is phenomenal. Listen, Rachel, I want to thank you so much for being on today. I, I thank you for your, your really humble and lovely approach to, to parenting and to marriage and to life. And I, it's interesting that this started for you seven years ago, because obviously our world has even become more and more and more addicted to our devices and our screens and social media. And it all feels so loud Mm -hmm. and it all feels so screamy and it is so all consuming. And I I just feel like even more today is this message important, um, than when, when you even first started seven years ago. And so thank you for bringing what you've learned to bear, um, as so many of us sort of face down summer and we just don't want to let it slip through our fingers again. We don't, nobody wants Mm -hmm. that. We want to feel connected. We want to feel present. We want to feel like we do not have one eye here, one eye there, one eye, one ear here. Nobody, that doesn't feel good. So I just find all your, counsel and your advice, your suggestions, so practical and honestly, so doable. This isn't a, this doesn't to me require an entire life overhaul. These are tweaks that can be made. Exactly. And and so I would love for you to tell everybody really quickly, where can they find you? Where can they find your stuff? Um, Where can they find more? Because you are like a wealth of information in this conversation. And I want them to be able to do a deep dive into everything you've learned and everything you have, um, you've done with your own family. I appreciate that so much. Um, So my blog is hands-free mama. um, And then I also have a Facebook page called the hands-free revolution, which people you know, that don't know anything about it. They're like, Oh, well, wait a minute. You just said you were hands-free. Why do you have a Facebook page and Instagram? You know? So as I said, it's like, we're not getting rid of technology here. It's a tool. That's Um, right. That's right. I have those, the communities there are really wonderful. Like, you know, we're all about being real like Jen is. Um, And then I've written three books, hands-free mama, hands-free life and only love today. Those are my three books and they do not have to be read in any order. Um, and only love today is wonderful because it is basically like literally like, you know, you, those choose your own mysteries where you can flip it open to any Uh, page. You can flip it open, read a two minute, um, reflection. And like I said, it's like a reset button, you know, bringing you back to what really matters. Um, so that's a, a, one thing that I would love for people to check out. And also Jen, I have prepared a free little ebook for your people, um, for anyone who's listening, because one thing that's really heavy on my heart, as I mentioned, was our, our, our kids are navigating really tough territories with pressure and social media. And I, I wrote a little book, um, this spring called words that can't wait because, um, there, there are five critical conversations that I've had with my kids that really just take that pressure off and let them know that no mistake they make is bigger than your love. And I, I've had like 30,000 downloads on this book and people keep saying that it has helped them have really important conversations. So I really just wanted to offer that to your community. 
I appreciate you. Thank you for making that available to my listeners. Guys, I'll have all that over at jinhatmaker.com under the podcast tab, every link that we've mentioned, all of Rachel's social feeds, all her books, everything. So it'll be a one-stop shop for you. All right, sister. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You are amazing. And I'm so glad we finally met. Me too. Thank you, Jen. Absolutely. Okay, you guys, that is our show for the day. I think what I'm walking away with is this very simple idea that we have a choice in the matter, right? Like we have a choice for the rhythms of our day and our summer, our parenting, our marriage. Um, We are not just a victim of circumstances with just a little bit of intentionality on the front end of things. We really can steer our own ship. And that is so empowering to me. Sometimes I just need somebody to tell me that and remind me you get to do this, Jen, you get to be in charge of your own life. So, um, you guys, I hope you loved Rachel. And like I mentioned, all of this will be over at jenhatmaker.com underneath the podcast page. Um, please do not ever miss that resource. My assistant, Amanda spends so much time on that and she builds it out with extra pictures and links and icons. And of course the entire written out transcript. I have several of my listeners who tell me on the regular that for some reason they prefer to read the interviews rather than hear them, which is hilarious. And so if that is you, that transcript is there for you week after week. And so we're, it's our joy to do that for you. It is our joy to work um, so hard for you on this podcast because we love it so much and you are the best listeners ever. Thank you guys for telling your friends about this podcast, for sharing it. There's the train, you guys, if you've been around the podcast for a while, you know, the train is a constant soundtrack to the floor, the love podcast. So thank you for being generous and gracious about that. Okay, guys, way more to come in the summer series, lots of practical stuff on travel, on fashion, on surviving. I mean, we have so many fun guests. We have so much fun content coming your way. And so, um, absolutely come back next week and we will dig into more for the love of summer. Have a great one. You guys see you next time. Hey guys. We're back for another segment of Jen's Favorite Things. So this is the part of the show where I share about some wonderful companies that are producing amazing products and giving back to charitable organizations and really worthy nonprofits. Plus, they have exclusive discounts and extras just for you, our podcast listeners. So here are today's favorites. Make getting dressed the easiest thing you do all day with Style Challenges, an online personal styling program that gives you all the tools you need to build a stylish wardrobe at a fraction of the cost of a personal stylist. So get $10 off with the code FORTHELOVE10 at stylechallenges.com. That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.